Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. Check us out online at CruiseRadio.net. It seems every time we take a Mediterranean cruise, we're uh, just bombarded with questions about Rome specifically. Yeah, Rome seems to always pique your interest. So uh, we brought in all the experts to talk about Rome. Nancy Schroeder from the Family Travel Network. She is here to talk about the Rome experience and how to incorporate it with your cruise. And from Italy Hotline, our dear old friend Teresa Vontre. We had a chance to talk to her high atop a hill overlooking the Colosseum. It was very romantic. That was an awesome view. Yeah. And we have a listener question regarding pickpockets in Rome because it's a uh, it does happen out there. CEO of TripInsurance.com is with us once again, Dan Skilkin. He'll be answering your questions. But first, Stuart Shiron, the cruise guy, is here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Hey, man. Norwegian Cruise Line is developing their own cruise port in Belize. Will this be close to Belize City and what will be offered? Well, it's actually, I'd say, about 70 miles south of Belize City, which, mm. you know, Belize is, uh, by, you know, according to the U.S. government, the sixth most violent uh, country in the world with one of the highest murder rates per capita. Right. But uh, this is uh, way at the uh, southeastern uh, end of uh, Belize, and uh, it's supposed to be a very nice area. It was planned to be an eco-friendly uh, resort with a landing strip, but apparently that didn't happen. So NCL is going to invest about $50 million into the project, and it's about, uh, you know, the, the Harvest K is, is, uh, is about um, five and a half miles uh, offshore. What are they calling it, Harvest K? It's, well, it, it, it's called Harvest K. I mean, okay. these are two islands that, that are currently uh, in existence, and uh, they are about, about five and a half to six miles east of Placencia, Belize. And I'm happy to announce that I now have a kiosk set up where I sell t-shirts that say, Honky Belize! <laughs> I believe you. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> we, we talked about this last week. Celebrity Millennium was out of service because of a uh, propulsion problem. Looks like earlier this week, she returned to Ketchikan because of more issues. Uh, what happened this time? Well, Doug, uh, we, what we don't know is whether or not it's the same problem, meaning that uh, this is an ongoing problem with the same, you know, the same engine that's having the uh, propulsion issues. Uh, what we do know is that, um, you know, it, it, the ship wasn't operating properly. They had to get the ship back into Ketchikan, which means that they had to, the celebrity had to cancel their visit to Icy Strait Point, which is the, you know, the glacier, mm -hmm. and, um, and spend, uh, you know, the, another day now, with, you know, essentially another couple days in Ketchikan, and uh, what they wound up having to do is cancel the entire sailing. They refunded the passengers 100%, plus gave them 100% future cruise credit. So that was pretty, uh, pretty generous on their part. But, you know, for the poor people that were on the ship, this is the third yeah. consecutive sailing that uh, they're, they're experiencing propulsion issues on the ship. And um, unfortunately, this ship has been plagued with propulsion issues. So it may be time to uh, send her to the shipyard to, uh, to, you know, to fix the problem once and for all. Disney Cruise Line is loosening their dress code for the dining room. What are your thoughts? Well, um, I mean, uh, thankfully, they're not going to allow bathing suits. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they are going to, I mean, we've all, we've all seen it, you know, with people wearing shorts into the dining room. So shorts and jeans are, are going to be allowed into the dining room. 
you know, it's, it kind of dumbs down the experience, but, you know, people were, have been doing it for years, but that does not change the attire where, uh, you know, men have to be properly dressed to go into their uh, specialty restaurants like Palo. Right. I was reading Gene Sloan's article on this. Cause this was on the Today Show this morning, this article. And um, somebody commented they shouldn't allow kids on Disney Cruise Lines. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, intelligent <laughs> comment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like, almost like they, they shouldn't be allowed to put water in their pools. Right. right. They should put kids only on Disney Cruise Lines. Um, Here you go. Reports out of Italy say Costa Concordia will be raised from the ocean floor next month. What are you hearing? That's that's the word, Doug. They're hopefully going to be able to get this ship um, you know, floating uh, in September so they can finally you know, get the ship uh, out of there and uh, you know, make, it, make its way to uh, uh, you know, where they're going to uh, break it up. But... Uh, you know, it's still, you know, we've, we've seen the, the live video feeds and, you know, they're, they're I mean, they've got their, you know, the, the construction of the uh, equipment is, is ongoing. I mean, you can almost barely see the ship at this point, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it'll just be great to finally, you know, get the ship out of there. Now, has our friend Peter Canego taken a submarine down there yet? <laughs> no, I've, I've been asking if, if he's been if he was the one that took the bell, <laughs> you know, last year. More cruise lines added to the list of smoke-free. Well, we're you can add um, Disney, but uh, then you could follow, you know, followed by Canard uh, and Seaborn, which are both Carnival Corp brands. Uh, well, what you're really seeing is that they, they prohibited the smoking in the cabins, but uh, they, they were allowing a lot of, you know, in, in most of the uh, balcony areas. Now now they're not going to allow it, uh, so there's going to be some designated um, areas on the ship. I, I guess they may resemble like tubes, so, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the, the people will be just so embarrassed and not want to go in there that uh, they'll just quit smoking. Like the aquariums at the airport. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> this next one, we were tipped off by one of our listeners because they were actually scheduled to be on the inaugural uh, for Norwegian Getaway, but it was canceled because of a charter. Now, this sailing lines up around the same time as the Super Bowl in Rutherford, New Jersey. Could this be connected at all? Doug, there is no doubt uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. It was supposed to do an 11-night transatlantic going from Rotterdam to Miami uh, beginning uh, January 16th. It's now been shortened to a 10-night transatlantic from Southampton to New York. And so the original, you know, the first Eastern Caribbean cruise from Miami on Getaway was supposed to be February 1st, and it's now February 8th. <laughs> um, hello? <laughs> <Yeah>. Super Bowl <laughs> is on fe- Sunday, February 2nd right. in Rutherford, New Jersey. Well, it doesn't take a a rocket scientist to figure out uh, this ship is going to be used as a hotel. And, uh, of course, NCL was able to get themselves uh, involved somehow. Um, hopefully they won't uh, you know, get the same uh, attention as the Staten Island Ferry this time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so she will be going to New York to join her sister ship, Breakaway, um, up in the New York area. And uh, you know it'll be uh, it'll be finally nice to see her when she debuts down down in Miami. But uh, without a doubt, she will be used as a hotel during the Super Bowl. Very well, thank you, Stuart. It is a pleasure. Cruise Radio News now trending at cruiseradio.net. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying: I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. 
six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or best? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being. And they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website. And they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now. TripInsurance.com. Have a question for the experts? Or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We met up with her last year in Rome, and she's here with us again, Teresa Vandre from Italy Hotline. Welcome to Cruise Radio, Teresa. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Really appreciate the personal tour. First off, what are the must-sees in Rome? Well, obviously, if you're only here for a day, the must-sees, if you haven't seen them before, are the Colosseum, the Vatican, the ancient Roman Forum. The Pantheon, for me, is an absolute, absolute must-see, so do not miss the Pantheon. Why do you say that? Because it's the best-preserved ancient Roman structure in the world. It's incredible. Yeah. And what about eats? Maybe your favorite spots to grab a bite. Well, let me just... Uh, start with gelato because in Rome in the summer I tend not to eat very much at all except for a lot of gelato because it's so hot you know so one of my favorite places for gelato is a secret hidden gem Uh, it's called Bar Ciampini and it's in the piazza called San Lorenzo in Lucina Uh, not too far from the Pantheon between the Pantheon and the Spanish Steps And the gelato is hidden in the back behind metal containers. Now, that's what you always want to try and look for. If you're looking for secret, amazing gelato, look for the metal containers that are hidden. It's like a treasure hunt. (laughs) Okay. And uh, maybe the best pizza? Um, I like Pizzeria Monte Carlo, uh, which is near Piazza Navona. Fantastic. The staff are lovely. The pizzas are fantastic. And I'm assuming you can't go wrong with any of the coffee, uh, the cafe, or espresso. No, pretty much any, and they call them bars, yeah. uh, where you would get your coffee in the morning, your cappuccino. Uh, you, in Rome, I would say you really can't go wrong. They're all pretty fantastic. Bar della Pace, again, near Piazza Navona, is gorgeous. So if you can find your way to Bar della Pace in Piazza della Pace, do that. What about uh, for those visitors who are missing America and some traditional cuisine, like a good hamburger or something? There, is, there are always new hamburger joints pop- popping up. In fact, it's become really popular this summer. There's pretty much hamburgers in every sandwich shop these days. There's a great restaurant called the CO2 Brasserie uh, near the Pantheon. Uh, they do American food and Mexican food, and it's pretty good. Are there any uh, off-the-beaten-path sites that one should see? 
Well, people often miss the Galleria Borghese, which is one of the most amazing museums, um, in my opinion. Gorgeous, gorgeous Bernini sculptures, Caravaggio paintings. If you can make a reservation before you come, because that's how you see it, you have to make a reservation, um, do it. It's a beautiful, beautiful museum and a lovely experience because they regulate the number of people that go in there. So you're not going to be in there with a you know, crowd of five million people like you are sometimes in other places in Rome. Paintings, sculptures, and the like. Yes, and really some of Bernini's best sculptures um, and some fantastic Caravaggio paintings. Those would be the highlights of the museum. Aside from all the ancient things to see, anything contemporary, anything new in Rome that is, is worth checking out? Absolutely. There's a new contemporary museum in Rome called the Maxi. Um, it's in a neighborhood that often people don't get to, but if you're really into contemporary art, it's a fantastic museum. It's near Stadio Olimpico. It's in the north part of Rome near the river, the Maxi. One of our guides was pointing out that Trevi Fountain is a big hot spot for pickpocketers. Um, and obviously you have to be careful wherever you go. Are there any tips outside of common sense that we should know as travelers? Obviously don't leave anything in your back pockets or your pockets where somebody could get a little hand in. And, you know, as far as a bag, a backpack, a purse, just keep it in front of you, zipped up, right. um, and just try and stay aware. I mean, it's you know, it happens. It definitely happens. Don't ever put your bag down at a restaurant on the ground or a cafe. Just keep it on your lap. You know, that's the sort of thing. People will just come out of the blue and you won't see them. And the next thing you know, you've lost all of your money and your credit cards. It's terrible. But otherwise, Rome is really safe. You know, it's it's not a dangerous city. Right. So keep your wits about you. Yeah. Just, you know, don't get completely mesmerized by the romantic sights so that you're not aware of your belongings. And then you'll be fine. And when you have uh, a lot of euros, uh, wave them around high above your head Absolutely. in public places. Yeah, yeah. You want to just, you know, actually carry your wad of cash in your hand and like kind of hold it out, like you said, waving it, you know, drawing attention to yourself. Um, you know, maybe just have your passport hanging out of your back right. pocket. Right. Yeah. It all makes perfect sense. Yeah. The lovely Teresa Vandre with Italy Hotline. They can find them at uh, italyhotline.com. Absolutely. Very good. Thanks so much for being with us on Cruise Radio again. Thank you, Matt. Always happy to have her, Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network. Hi, Nancy. Hey, how you doing? Just having fond, fond memories of our uh, private tour in Rome. Oh, my gosh. That was so wonderful and so memorable, too. I'm so glad we got to do that. That was a great day. We want to talk about the family's visits to Rome. What's the, the best way to plan a family visit? Well, you know, Rome is always easier with kids if you have more time. So if at all possible... Think about finding ways to spend more time than just one day in Rome. Some cruises go round trip to Rome, um, but then other times it's pretty easy to end somewhere else in Italy and then take the trip up to Rome and spend a few days there. It's just a little bit more relaxing and stressful. But, hey, if you only have one day, that's just fine. In either case, start by really getting the lay of the land on what's there to do for families in Rome read a guidebook, look at some websites like the Family Travel Network or Ciao Bambino or some others. Also, check out some of the shore excursions that are offered, either through the ship or places like Viador that has some great shore excursions. Um, you can look at uh, some of the boards on places like Cruise Critic or TripAdvisor, 
and get a feeling for what other parents who've been there, done that, sort of think about great places to go in, in Rome. I also think it's good to look at roll calls on places like Cruise Critic, Cruise Addicts, Cruise Line Fans, and other sites. And that way you can get an idea about whether there are some other families that are going to a particular place or doing a, a, a shore excursion that they're looking for another family to share. Then, armed with all that information, then get your family together and talk about it and make sure to include the kids. Talk about what everybody wants to do. And, you know, you may find, understandably enough, your kids may be more interested in stuff like pizza and gelato than in museums and churches. So having that kind of conversation really creates buy-in and you're going to surface some issues like your teens are going to be saying, oh, my gosh, do we really have to get up at 6 a.m. and do this? <laughs> um, so, you know, it'll, it'll start to surface what some issues might be, what people might want to do. You may also find out about some, some things that your kids are interested in that maybe they've learned in school that you don't even know about. What your kids are interested in and what they want to do is probably going to vary by their age, their interest, and also the number of times they've been to Rome, you know, for people who've been there more than once. But it's really important to get your expectations in line and, and just balance everything out between what people want to do. There are some really cool shore excursions to do there, though, so have a good time planning. And speaking of shore excursions, are there certain types of shore excursions to take with kids and families than others? Oh, absolutely. You know, Rome is, as we all found out, Rome can be a very long day. So it's really important to know what your kids can handle. And depending on the time of year, it can also be really hot. So if your kids are younger, short and sweet might be the best bet than trying to do one of these, let's cram everything into nine or ten hours and, you know, do it, do it, do it. Um, you know, and depending on the itinerary, you've got to be aware that your kids could also be dealing with jet lags and major time differences, too. So, you know, just think carefully about that. Um, for places like Rome, I really like it and think it's worthwhile to take a private tour if your family budget allows it. There, there, I've done private tours with Roman Limo, AP Tours, Viador. They've all been great. Um, you know, some of the private tours will pick you right up from the port so it gets rid of some of the, the transportation options, but then others have a destination meeting point and you go there. The nice thing about private tours is they really cater to your family's personal interest and in what your kids can handle. But if you do go on a private tour, all the money in the world is not worth it unless you really have a guide that understands and caters to kids. So you really want to look for that, whoever you use. Viator, really interestingly enough, has an option of engaging your own private guide via their website. So you can go onto their website and look at their backgrounds and choose one that's a fit. There are a number of them on there that say, you know, I really cater to kids. So they're really experienced in what kids want. And they also offer private driver options, too, if you want to do that. Um, then you can look at all the different tour options out there and find ones that fit with your family's interests. You know, the, the things that you talked about in your, your meeting, look for things that are active and engaging for your kids. Um, but, you know, I also find that things that are weird and gory are also really appealing to kids, mm. too. So, right. you know, look for those. Most parents really want to combine some sort of learning with seeing the major sites, but you really want to build in fun as well. And just remember that no one likes waiting in line, especially kids. So seek out tours that offer the VIP skip-the-line access for places like the Vatican Museums or the Colosseums or the catacombs. Ships offer those with larger group options. You can also get that as a private excursion as well or through Viator that way.
I never feel 100% sure when I say the port city's name. Chivitavecchia. There you go. Is that right? I think that's right. I just like saying Chivitavecchia. Chivitavecchia. It sounds very Italian. <laughs> yeah. It takes a little time to get to Rome from the cruise ship. You don't just walk off the ship and you're there. What's the best transportation to take into Rome from the cruise pier in Chivitavecchia? You know, Matt, I think this is a really good point uh, that you don't just walk off the ship and you're there. That's one of the things that's really important for families to know who are cruising the Med for the first time because it's really not like sailing the Caribbean where you just get off the ship and everything's right there. Rome is about an hour and a half bus ride from the cruise pier. It can be up to as many as two hours, depending upon the traffic. So you really have to get your expectations in line and plan accordingly, especially when you're talking about going with kids and you've got you know, one and a half to two hours each way to plan. Um, There are a number of different options in Rome. You can do a ship's tour and leave right from the pier uh, with the ship in a bus. You can take a private tour and the car or the minivan will be there to pick you up at the pier. You can do a Rome on your own bus excursion like we've done through the cruise line. Or you can even arrange one with other families on the roll call boards. And that's kind of cool because a lot of times on these roll call boards, um, the families with kids of similar age, ages sort of get together and start planning excursions together. So they've got built-in friends to go along. Um, And then you can also take the train into Rome, which is actually really easy. The trains leave from Civitavecchia and run to the Rome Termini several times an hour. The ride takes about an hour and 20 minutes, or sometimes for some trains they are even faster. The station is really accessible from the cruise ship pier, but you have to take a shuttle bus to get there. Otherwise, it's a very long walk. From the shuttle bus entrance to the port, it's about four blocks to the train station. For those people who are sort of nervous about, oh, my gosh, you know, how am I going to get there and where am I going to go, just look on the Internet. There are some Internet sites that have pictures showing you exactly where to go and what to do. One important point, though, if you're going to take the train, try to avoid coming back from Rome to the port during rush hour, if at all possible, or leave yourself plenty of time to catch the shuttle buses and try to take the direct trains um, because things can be packed and you definitely don't want to be left at the pier. So once you're in Rome, what are some must-see sites and experiences for families? Oh, you know, there are so many, and that's why Rome can be really tough to do in a day. But, you know, some of them, I love the Vatican Museums and the Sistine Chapel. They're really magnificent. And, again, buy your tickets in advance. Um, For our family, having a guide in the Vatican Museum really made all the difference. She really made it come alive. The Colosseum is definitely a must-visit for families. And, you know, don't forget the Roman Forum and the Palatine Hill. And, again, make sure to buy your tickets in advance or at Palatine Hill. Everybody loves throwing a coin in the Trevi Fountain so they can return to Rome again, but it's very crowded, so watch your stuff while you're there. Um, Families can rent bikes in the Borghese Gardens for a more active excursion, and there's also a cool bioparco zoo there, too, um, and that's really fun. You can climb up the Spanish Steps for a great view. The Piazza Navona is absolutely gorgeous, and there's some beautiful artists there. Um, And again, kids who are into ghoulish stuff may love things like the catacombs and the Capuchin Crypt with all of its skulls and bones of 4,000 dead Capuchin monks in weird designs. That's another one where you kind of have to know your 
you know, your family and know whether that's going to give them nightmares. I really love visiting the market in Capo di Fiore. The sights and smells are absolutely fantastic. And as you and I know, they're the best pizza place there. It's called the Forno Campo di Fiore, and the pizza is amazing. Um, I enjoy the Pantheon. People like that. There's so much history. But just remember, one of the most amazing experiences in Rome is definitely the pizza and gelato. So definitely make time for pizza and gelato stops as you go along. Nancy, any more tips specifically for taking the kids to Rome? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Design a day in Rome that that your family is going to love. Really just alter your expectations. Enjoy your time there. Don't turn it into a death march. Know what your kids can handle and plan it accordingly. If they're young, they really may not be able to handle a full day trip, but don't worry, you'll be back. Rome and the Mediterranean are absolutely addictive. Give your kids disposable cameras and let them take pictures. You'll be really surprised at what they come up with. And, you know, armed with all the research and information you have, one of the fun ideas is to turn your day in Rome into a scavenger hunt. So identify and find really cool things for them to look for in each of the places that you're going to and have them check it off their list or better still, have them take a picture of of it and, you know, print those out when you get there. Look for excursions that are fun and active. Find plenty of places to rest and relax. Make sure you stay hydrated and, you know, plan to either take a bottle of water and fill it up at all those little free fountains as you go along or buy water. That's really important. It's easy to get sort of overheated. And, you know, most importantly, just don't cruise blind when you're taking your family to Rome. Do your homework in advance. Book as much as you can before you get on the ship. And then just enjoy, stay flexible, and have fun. Rome for Families is a blast. From the Family Travel Network, Nancy Schroeder. Thank you, my dear. Thank you so much. Love being here. President and CEO of TripInsurance.com is with us, Dan Skilkin. Welcome back. Matt, thank you very much for having me back on the show. Dan, since we're on the subject of Rome, we have a listener question from Ron Stepp in South Bend, Indiana. He writes, When in Rome over the summer, my wife had her wallet and her iPhone pickpocketed out of her purse. We did not have travel insurance. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. But if we had travel insurance, would it have helped us with the theft? Ron, this is a really common travel problem today. A friend of mine stepped off a cruise ship in Greece and within 20 minutes had their smartphone stolen. Smartphones are actually much more valuable than the contents in your wallet, especially in foreign countries. Travel insurance generally doesn't cover the theft of cash, and it has limited coverage for electronic devices. Some plans will limit the coverage to, say, $600, and other plans exclude it entirely. Your travel documents, like your passport, though, are generally insured, and most policies will cover you for a travel delay if your passport is stolen. We offer worldwide coverage for cameras, computers, smartphones, and iPads on our website through Worth Ave Group. This is a separate annual policy that you buy that will cover your equipment and smartphone for theft or accidental breakage, and the cost of the policies is very reasonable and easy to sign up for, and you're covered for the whole year, even after you return from your trip. In addition, we really recommend you use a money belt or a pouch to store your money and passport in when you're traveling, and make sure that valuables are not in your purse. My personal favorite is to protect your cash with, uh, say, the cash safe belt that you can find on Travelsmith.com. It's a really good one. Mm-hmm. But uh, be careful. You know, Watch your stuff because, generally speaking, these kinds of losses aren't covered by travel insurance. And so just so I understand it, um, if I just bought a brand new uh, MacBook Pro. So... I could buy a separate policy through TripInsurance.com that would cover that if it was stolen overseas? 
if it was stolen overseas or if it was accidentally um, damaged, mm-hmm. broken, dropped uh, in water, uh, it would be covered. You can also buy coverage for expensive camera equipment uh, and your iPhone, your iPad. Uh, the only requirement uh, for these policies is that you have to have some proof that you actually own the device because they've got a lot of problem with people stealing devices and then using the insurance to try and launder the equipment, if you will. Sure. As long as you've got a, a receipt that you purchased the device, you can buy coverage no matter when you bought the device, even if it's, it's, you've had it for a couple of years. So let's just say my MacBook was 1500 and it got stolen. Um, would they replace it up to 1500 or is there some kind of deductible? Uh, no, there's no deductible typically in, this, in, in those kinds of cases. In some cases on the phones, there, there is a deductible. Um, but, but most of the cases on, on cameras or, or, uh, or computers, there's not a deductible. Uh, then they'll replace it uh, with a similar model, uh, sometimes giving you the brand new model or, or give you the, the cash back. Very good. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Matt. Have a great day. All right, that's going to do it. But before we go, there's just a couple of theme cruises that may be of interest to you for all you Sox fans. The 2014 Red Sox Fan Cruise is now open for bookings. Big baseball celebrities will be on board, especially for all you Boston fans. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Wine, Dine, and Music Cruise. It's actually uh, Three Dog Nights going to be on that one, and Kenny Loggins, uh, the World Classic Rockers. Uh, wine tasting, wine seminars, memberships to wine clubs. So if you're a, a wine enthusiast, this may be one for you. Details on both those theme cruises in our show notes at cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is recorded weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Download the Cruise Radio app. Hear Cruise Radio on TuneIn Radio, the Stitcher Radio Network, the Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, CruiseAddicts.com, and on our website at CruiseRadio.net. Follow Cruise Radio on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, and Tumblr. For advertising opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.